0: Welcome to Not In A Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not In A Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, I appreciate it. This week, it's another one that uh, is kind of in that series of talking to people who have some very interesting jobs. I am speaking to Bethley Crowther. Now, she is based in the United Kingdom. She is a pet medium, a pet psychic. Um, you know, just like uh, anyone else that I talk to who, you know, has, a, I guess, a, a more controversial role. And it's not just telling us about their their lives. There's always that disclaimer that, you know, this is not a podcast that's trying to tell you what to think. It's not even telling you exactly what I think. I like to bring people on who do really interesting things and have an interesting story to tell and an interesting profession. And that's exactly what we did here. I think you're really going to enjoy this, whether you're skeptical, whether you think it's a bunch of nonsense, or whether you're a firm believer in, in psychic abilities Just a a, a cool conversation to talk to someone who um, speaks of of their experience in um, the the pet psychic world. She's going to tell us a lot of funny stories that she's learned in her readings, exactly how she does these readings, how she became a little bit of a um, viral sensation in the United Kingdom with a few of the readings she did on... Um, the the morning television shows. So I think you'll enjoy this, regardless of your thoughts behind all of it. I certainly did. Um, So without further ado, here is my interview with Beth Lee Crowther. I am here today with Beth Lee Crowther. Beth, how are you?
1: I'm really good. Thank you, Jackson.
0: Good. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I've been looking forward to coming on and speaking to you.
0: Well, good. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the the way I want to start with this is I always wanted to kind of start with what exactly, how do you define yourself? Because rather than just say, you know, psychic Beth, which is your, your, uh, website, but what exactly do you define your, I guess your abilities or what do you define yourself as if, if that's not too hard of a question to define yourself in the first 30 seconds?
1: Well, I'm known very well as being a pet psychic, which is also called an animal communicator, as well as a psychic medium for people. So I would conduct readings using Oracle cards or a link into the spirit world for people. And for animals, it's really good for problem solving using telepathy because I believe that animals are able to communicate in that way on a mind-to-mind link. And so my work is absolutely fascinating. So it's never dull. There's always something interesting happening. In but the the animal thing has really. Um, triggered a lot of things within people because especially during you know the COVID and the lockdown people have been spending even more time with their pets than perhaps they would do and a lot of people have gone and got a new pet uh, because they're at home more so I've had far more inquiries than perhaps I normally would and also I've been featured um, quite a lot here in the UK on TV. I've been three times now on a show called This Morning, which is on ITV, which is our popular morning daytime show. And also I was on Sunday Best with Martin and Roman Kemp, which you may have heard of them, uh, Jackson, because Martin Kemp was in a very famous band called Spandau Ballet in the 80s so they're very popular here in the uk so i've had a lot of exposure because something hit the headlines i made a prediction as i was communicating telepathically with a horse um the psychic side of it uh, the horse showed me that the lady who i was doing her horse for her communicating with her horse she wondered If a horse was psychic, which I said he was, and she wanted to ask him a question. So it was very fascinating. Normally, animals would give me information about themselves, like their background, their past, how they feel, if they require anything uh, it could be about their health. Obviously, I'm not a vet, so I would always recommend that you would seek veterinary advice, of course. But she wanted to know a question and if her horse could help her because she was hoping to meet a love, a love connection. She was hoping to meet her soulmate. And when I linked into her horse, Fred, he showed me a picture of a man who was a sailor. And he was tall, dark, good-looking. He would love to be on the sea. And she. he said that she would know she'd met the one because he had a large scar on his leg. Well, this was just, just amazing and fascinating. So she was very excited when I gave her this information. And not long after, she met a guy called Charlie, who indeed was a sailor. And of course, the icing on the cake really was when he got a big scar on his leg. Well, of course, the media got hold of it. And we ended up on TV. And I, we did a live link onto this morning where we were with the horse and and Caroline and Charlie. And then they asked me to stay on the show to have a phone in with the Uh, watchers the viewers of the show and what they did they sent in their pet photographs for me to do a reading to show everybody how it worked and fortunately it was so popular that I've been on another twice since then so it's been quite an exciting six months for me Jackson.
0: I mean there's a lot to unpack then I want to get I want to get to each of those areas here kind of as we as we talk but You know, from the beginning, whether it was, you know, as a pet psychic or for humans or some of the other things that you, that you, uh, I guess, dabble in, how did you learn that you had, you know, the ability to do these things?
1: I never learned that I had the ability. I just thought everybody who loved animals had the ability to do it. I thought that you could hear an animal's thoughts, see pictures in your mind and communicate that with them. And I thought everybody who had a pet had this ability. And this has been going on for me since childhood. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that other people weren't experiencing the same things from their pets that I was experiencing so it never um, sort of hit me in a big way where all of a sudden I realized I could do it what actually became apparent to me that other people weren't doing it you know as I grew up and then I was quite surprised and so when I got older and we first got a computer and the internet was launched I decided to do more research and to see if anybody else had the same abilities as myself, which I did find out that it was called animal communication. It had actually got a title and other people were working in this way. Now I'm always a very skeptical and level-headed person. So I wanted to be tested on my abilities. So I started doing readings for people over email, all over the world, because I knew that those people, I could not possibly know them. I couldn't possibly know any information about their pet beforehand. So I really went through a phase of being tested so that I was completely sure and convinced that I could offer this to other people. I actually had a saddlery business and people stopped buying saddlery from me because all they wanted to do was bring in photographs for me to look at of their pets. So they didn't buy any saddlery. They just asked me about their cat or their dog or their horse. So in the end, I thought there's no point in me, you know, trying to run a saddlery business when all people want to know is about what I pick up from their photographs because it's a telepathic link. And of course, you don't have to physically be with the pet to have this communication process uh, because as I say it's a telepathic and a psychic link so I could do it just by looking at a photograph of an animal. What started happening then when things developed further for me was when people that were connected to their animals you know like family members that had passed over into the spirit world they started to connect at the same time to have a message to be remembered to their loved ones and their family. And so I started not only doing the pet reading, but also doing readings for people. And I started to think, well, I need to separate them. I I either do a reading on somebody's pet, or I do a reading for them. And I started... Using a lot of what we would call oracle cards, which are based on tarot. Occasionally I use tarot, but I quite like oracle. And so, therefore, people then would look at their past, their present, their future. And also, I would make predictions for them, see what's coming up for them. You know, often people get a little bit lost or stuck especially over decision making. So it's a really great way to be guided in a favorable direction. So it, it sort of built from there. And then in 2017, I wasn't very well, I actually had acute anemia, and ended up being hospitalized and had to recuperate. And I remembered that um, I'd started writing a book a couple of years before, and it gave me the opportunity while I was recuperating to finish writing my book, which is called Life by Numbers. So I also look at sort of it's not numerology exactly. It's what I call universal number attraction, where the universe is sending you a number to help you in your life and so there's one to a thousand numbers in my book and you can look up the number that keeps reoccurring for you or even if you have a number that pops into your mind or a favorite number and you can read the message and it's a guiding message sometimes it's a message that is Quite straight to the point. I'm not a fluffy medium, you know. I do do try and be um, as specific as I can, and also I like to just give it to people in a way that is no nonsense and not draw it out, but always in a in a kind way, of course. So so I I wrote a book then. So it's just been um, a pathway that has taken me on many different um, adventures, really
0: yeah yeah and i want to kind of i guess i want to kind of understand exactly how the pet readings work because i understand obviously when when people are doing readings with you know deceased loved ones and stuff it it obviously takes you know sitting down and actually speaking with the the person but with pets i feel like it's a little bit it seems like it would be a little different given that you are kind of just i don't know trying to read not i don't want to say read their mind but say what they can't say so is it something that actually for you that takes you know actually like some kind of like channeling or is it truly like are you walking down the street and somebody's walking their dog and you can hear you know hear the dog's voice I don't know how this is, works exactly I don't know whether if I'm picturing something for lack of a better term if I'm picturing like you know a, a Dr. Dolittle type thing where do- animals are speaking to you or whether it's a little bit more involved
1: well I find it quite easy I don't find it too involved, really, maybe because I've just grown up doing it. But what I would say that you can open up to the process and you can close down because you don't want to be open all of the time. You know, so I would consciously open up and think, yeah, I'm going to hopefully make a communication with with the dog or the cat or, or whatever animal like tonight. I've communicated with a bearded dragon. And that was absolutely fascinating. You know, I I really enjoyed doing that. And so, yeah, I can be walking, for instance, I could be walking in the park, and then I could see people walking their dogs. And if I open up to the process, it's like switching on a light. If I if I have the intention, that's the important part of it, to have the intention that you're going to make that communication. If I have that in my mind, I'm intending to have this link, then I can um, get this communication with an animal that I'm physically in the atmosphere with. So it might be somebody walking their dog, it might be a cat crossing the road, whatever circumstance. I never assume that those animals want to communicate with me. That's up to them. Nine times out of 10, they do, they, they enjoy the process, they welcome the process in, but I would never take it for granted. And I certainly would not go up to a stranger And say, oh, excuse me, I've just had a little chat with your dog and your dog doesn't like the food that you're feeding them and they've got a pain in their foot or something like that. Because that would be really inappropriate and they probably would think I'd gone a little bit crazy. So, you know, you have to be very mindful about how you approach the subject. But I do often check in with, with, with animals that I just see out and about. And also you can do it with wild animals. You can do it with um, wildlife. There is no boundaries. Um, but main the main things is that I'm doing this with my own pets all of the time. And also with people who ask me if I'll tune into their animals. And then what's wonderful about that is when you do a reading, and they can validate the information that is coming through, they can say, Oh, yes, I understand that that really did happen. You know, you might recall um, a memory from the animal you know they they might say oh this happened I I just what has just come into my mind once is, is that I was communicating with the dog and the dog told me they didn't like going in the car and showed me in my mind a picture of their tail being trapped in the car door like accidentally the car door was shut onto their tail so I said to the lady I said did you ever trap your dog's um tail in the car door because your dog doesn't like going in the car that's what I'm picking up and she was astounded she was like oh she went yeah that's what happened I felt so guilty about it my dog doesn't want to go in the car anymore how could you know that unless you've talked to my dog so those that's just an example of like how it can work they can give you like a vision in your mind and it really is like your. Um, You know, like, for instance, if you're imagining now um, your front door of your house, you might think, oh, the color of it, the number on the door, whether it's got a knocker or a doorbell, you get a visual impression in your mind, don't you? You get a picture. Or if you're reading a book you know, to yourself, you get a visual picture in your mind. That's how it feels when I communicate with pets. I get a visual picture of something that's going on, but I don't know why I'm thinking it. It's not like I'm consciously creating it. They're placing that thought into my mind. And that is what I would recall and give to the um, person receiving the reading. Also, I may get words or phrases or people's names. I often get dates. I get feelings, like I might get um, like a feeling in my own body. Like earlier, I did a reading on a cat, and the cat showed me that they had a pain in their shoulders and the back of their neck. And I could feel that in my own body just very quickly, just so I knew what to say. Um, So I'm very conscious of like... Anything that my senses uh, pick up on, so it's about being very aware of what is going on for you during these um, sessions that I have. So I, I've learned how to quieten my own um, doubting thoughts down because we can often dismiss it, you know. And, and you might think, oh, what if I if my, if I ask my dog, are they happy? You know, and, and I get, oh yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah, it's it's a great place to live here with you. And then your doubting sort of mind says, Oh, yeah, but that's what you'd want to hear, that's what you'd want them to say. So I've had to really learn. And, and when I teach people how to do animal communication, I point this out that often we talk ourselves out of the information that's coming in, you know, because it, it is a hard thing to get your head round that your animals have the ability to telepathically talk to you. You know, when you look at it like that, you just think that sounds crazy, how can that be real? And you start to talk yourself out of it. So it really is about trusting what comes in and having the courage to actually say that to the owner of the animal, this is what I pick up. Does this make sense to you? Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And that I noticed on your website that you do have workshops and stuff to, I guess, to yes. to teach people these things. Um, and that's kind of directly different than than someone else I spoke with who said, you know, it's an inherited thing that her grandfather ha- had some of these same skills. And it's not really a, a taught type thing. So what, what do you say to that?
1: Well, I think that some people are more sensitive to it than other people. And that could well be within your DNA. It could well be inherited. But I also feel that we have the ability within us. It's just about wanting to do it. And it's about being open to the process. So in my experience, I've never taught anybody who hasn't been able to do it. Everybody I've taught over many years has been able to pick up some validated information. And it may be that we could all learn how to play the piano. And some of us are just going to have you know, a few little tunes that we're we're able to master and somebody else may go on and be able to be on a stage and play beautiful classical piano to a huge audience. So I think it's like anything, The more you learn about it, the more you practice, of course, the better you will become. So I don't feel that it's always about passing skills on through an inheritance or because your dad did it or your your nan did it. But I'm not saying that you would um, that. I think that can be part of it for some people. And I've researched in my family because I'm always curious about these things. You know, was anybody in my family a pet psychic? So, you know, I'm very curious and and I've researched in my own family. Have I inherited these abilities from anybody? And the only link I can find was my my grandmother's uncle had his own spiritualist church in his cellar that probably would have been in like the 1950s uh, when these things were probably not as widely spoken about. And I didn't know this until the last sort of two or three years.
0: So I guess obviously without giving away any of the, um, you know, the, the private nature of your, your readings and, and it being anonymous and things like that, but do you, can you share any kind of interesting or humorous things that you've gotten from some of these readings? Some of the things that I guess animals have told you that is surprising or funny or anything like that?
1: Loads of things I could tell you. The one thing that popped into my mind when he said it, I remember talking to um, a macaw, which was a huge big parrot. Mm -hmm. And the guy um, had come to a friend's house with, with this big parrot. He, that he he just got it on his shoulder and he didn't believe in what I do nevertheless he still brought his parrot round to my friend's house when he realized I was going to be there so that was quite funny and he said oh yeah well just tell me something that you couldn't possibly know that only my parrot would know and so I asked his parrot, could he tell me something funny that only, you know, I would never know. And the parrot said to me, say to him, he, the parrot knows that he wears ladies tights, like ladies hosiery underneath his trousers. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to say this into a room full of like people who know this guy. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to say it. So I said, yeah, your parrot says you wear ladies tights under your trousers. <laughs> and literally the poor guy, he went bright red. He started, he didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Everybody started laughing, you know, and he said, well, he said, I do. He says, but only when I go fishing.
0: So yeah. it, That's it was awesome.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And everybody took it in good humour. He started laughing and, he, and he, he liked it then, you know, and we, we all took it as good fun. But it was true. And what was great about that that he was very skeptical and very quickly, he then started asking lots of questions. Oh, what does my parrot think about this? Does he like where I keep him? Is he happy with his food? And so he he was a skeptic that very quickly turned into a believer. But in my book, often people who go to the effort of bringing a pet round when they know I'm at somebody's house, are they really skeptical? You know, they say they are, but they've got their own um, curiosity because often people talk to me and they, they say, oh, you know, I don't believe in psychic stuff and I don't believe in pet psychics. But funnily enough, I've got my phone with me with a picture on it of my cat. Would you just have a look and see what you think? And I think, well, oh, you just said to me you don't believe in it. But now you're showing me a picture of your cat on your phone. So I think a lot of people don't like to admit that it could possibly be true but they still want me to do a reading and what's lovely is often then they're like fascinated and they're like oh my goodness this really is real so I love it when those kind of things happen.
0: So what do you say you know you kind of talked about a little bit you know when you in that answer what do you say to to those who do look at this as I guess as naysayers and think that it's it's not real?
1: Sometimes in the past what I've done is said, "Oh, just show me a photo of your pet and I'll prove it." You know, I've gone along that route and I have proved it to people. As I've got older, I kind of also have the attitude of like, why should I prove it? It's up to you whether you want to believe in it or not. Or mm-hmm. why don't you have a free reading on my radio show? You've got absolutely nothing to lose. Or come and onto one of the workshops, and you may surprise yourself that you can do this too. If people are blatantly rude, I'm quite good at just ignoring any negativity. Luckily, though, Jackson, I don't get that much negativity. I think I've been quite lucky or blessed in that way. And I don't let it get to me either. You know, you can't, if somebody really is completely skeptical and they don't want to know or they're just being very rude i don't want to interact with them anyway and i think well why should i you know i need to focus my energies on where i can be helpful and useful to somebody i don't want to take up my energies in arguing the toss or defending myself i I don't see the need i'm I'm, the one thing when i actually went onto the tv the, the one of the first questions they asked me before i went on was how are you going to cope if you get people on social media sort of being rude to you or, you know, trolling you? or And I said, you know what? I won't even look at those comments and it will be like water off a duck's back because it will never stop me doing what I believe in, no matter what. And, and I'm often aware that the kind of people that can be spiteful online, and and this goes for any subject in any line of work or whoever you are, I look at the words that they use in what they write about somebody, and I look at it and think, that's exactly what you're feeling about yourself, and that's why you're saying it. So they may be very derogatory, they may talk about somebody's appearance or what somebody does as a job. And often it's fueled from a sad place that they're dissatisfied in their life in some way, or things aren't going right for them and they're venting and, you know, really transferring that miserable part of them onto somebody else kind of trying to pull somebody else down onto their level. So I kind of analyze it in a different way. And when I look at things like that and I advise other people to do the same, I really, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Uh, The one thing that was so funny, because I, after I'd been on the TV, I thought I'm not, I won't look at the comments, you know, and I didn't look at them, but my daughter did see one derogatory comment. And somebody had actually written, uh, oh, that woman who talks to animals on this morning. Did you see the state of her wallpaper in her room in the (laughs) background? And I was really offended. That's what I thought. Excuse me. I really like my wallpaper. It was from (laughs) Actually, you know, haven't you got any taste? You know, and I, that, that was, I was more offended that somebody didn't like my choice of wallpaper. And when I like looked at that and thought, yeah, that just sums it up really, that it doesn't get to me, but I was more offended over because somebody didn't like my wallpaper.
0: And just, I guess, to, to talk about your wallpaper, I can see your wallpaper. It's a floral pattern. I, I like <laughs> it. I th- don't think there's anything wrong with it. So tell us just a little bit. You know, you already, you already spoke about it a little bit, but tell us more about your book, how we can find it, exactly what we're going to learn from it, and what inspired you to write it.
1: Well, I've always been fascinated by numbers, and I always have felt that numbers carry an energy that there is a reason more than just mathematics, more than counting, more than financial aspects. And most people I've encountered have got a lucky number. You probably have a lucky number, for instance, Jackson. You know, most people say, oh, yeah, lucky number seven or my lucky number is 22 or whatever it might be. And I've always looked at numbers myself and thought, hmm, that has a meaning behind it. And so I believe in um, the law of attraction. I don't know if you've ever come across that phrase in the past. And, and when I was um, a little bit younger, I read a book called The Secret and I watched the film, which is about manifesting things that you would really like to happen in your life and being open to the laws of the universe in that way that you can achieve your goals by asking the universe to supply. So I've played around with that concept. And again, my sceptical mind kicked in. So I've asked for things wanting them to happen to test out the theory and and lots of things have actually come true. And when I wasn't very well, and I was was recuperating, I'd started the book a couple of years before and I'd only sort of written down a few numbers that I'd noticed and I'd put a meaning next to the numbers and so I really started focusing on each number between one and a thousand really believing that each number has a message and I don't know if you've heard of things like spirit guides where you can channel information spiritually from another source So I was conscious that you could also channel information, I believe, from the universe. So I was playing around with that concept. And and I kind of said, come on, universe, tell me what each number represents. Tell me what the message is that you would like to share with people. So I would sit quietly with a pen. I'd write a number down and then a message would come through. I'd channel a message through into my mind and I wrote that next to the number. Eventually, I got up to a 1000. And I was able to turn that into a book. And the universe shared with me that the concept is called universal number attraction. Therefore, you attract the correct number at the time in your life when you need it most. So that could be attracting any number between one and a thousand. Then you would look that number up in the book and see what the message says to you. So it might be that you are driving around in your car and you notice um, a registration plate with your initials on and a number. You think, oh, that's a message for me. I'm going to look that number up. It might be that you just have a number that pops into your mind between one and a thousand or you may just flick through the book and instinctively stop and be drawn to a particular number or you may be doing your shopping and and the and the bill you know like the other day I I bought something and it come to four pound 56 so I thought oh four five six that's interesting I need to look that up so in one way or another the number that you need will get your attention you may find that you keep looking at the clock and every time you look at the clock it says one 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 you know you get these patterns of numbers as well so that was the concept behind it and so i wrote the book and and before it was released and published i got many people to test out the theory of this to check that it was working for people. And I had great feedback and great results. So I decided to get the book published. So it is available on Amazon. But I did write it in my maiden name, which is Elizabeth Barber. So the book is called Life by Numbers by Elizabeth Barber, available from myself directly or from Amazon.
0: Very interesting. I like the book. It's definitely something I don't know too much about. So Thanks for sharing that. You, how, how can people find you, you know, for, I, I don't know exactly what it is that, that you may offer people outside of the UK, but how can they find you, whether it's your website, whether it's your your social media, um, but but give us some, uh, I guess, some contact points.
1: Yeah, I've got a website, which is psychicbeth.com. Also, I'm on, on Facebook, psychicbeth on Facebook, and I've got an Instagram and I'm trying to um, keep up to date with my Instagram now. I'm trying to get into the social media stuff a little bit more. Now, my Instagram is Elizabeth Lee Crowther underscore psychic. So you can follow me on there or contact me in any of those um, ways. I do have a radio show here in the UK, which in UK time, is on a Wednesday evening between 6 and 8 p.m. Now, that's on Pulstalkradio.com, And we have some fascinating guests. We have lots of well-known psychics, mediums, holistic therapies. Uh, We have authors on there. Um, So we always have somebody great that we chat with. And we do free readings. So if a psychic or a medium comes onto the show, they will also do free readings, too. Um, so that may be a, a personal reading for you, a tarot or an oracle card reading. It might be a pet psychic reading if that's what you would like with me. Um, and so we do that every week. And that keeps me very busy and it keeps me nicely connected with new people. So I love meeting new people all the time and uh, I love hearing from people.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I do appreciate your time. I always like to just talk to people and, you know, all different aspects, doing some very interesting things. You know, there, there's, there is a lot of psychics out there, but the ones that I guess specialize in pets, I don't know that there's as many. So between learning a little bit more about that, about these, you know, the, the numbers, the universal numbers that you were speaking about, it was, it was a pleasure to to talk to you.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me on and having me and listening to me um, today. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So that was my interview with Beth Lee Crowther. Really interesting conversation. Really enjoyed speaking with her. Hope you enjoyed listening. Check out her book about numbers. We went into a little bit more detail than is in this podcast, but just some really interesting thoughts with that and some just some really interesting stories about uh, being a uh, pet psych. I really enjoyed the uh, the talk about the uh, the macaw so i uh, i just appreciated her time. I thought it was a very interesting topic, just like I said to her, you know there's psychics all over the place there's a you know everyone's saying there are shingle for that, but you don't hear as as many pet psychics the ones that i I know of are the ones that are are on t v so I'm sure there's a lot more out there but uh thought it was kind of a, an interesting take on it, and I wanted to hear some more so hope you enjoyed listening. And uh, if it's something that you're at all interested in, you reach out to uh, to Beth, because I, I know that she was a, a pleasure to sp- to speak with. So uh, thanks for being here. Like I said, check her out. Always, you know, check check us out. Uh, if this is your first podcast with us, thanks um, for joining me. Uh, if this is not, uh, hopefully you're already subscribed, you're already following, you've already commented on Apple Podcasts, you've done all those great things our social media, not in enough podcast on Instagram, Jacksonhuff.com. Appreciate all of, uh, all that you decide to do to, uh, to be active here. Um, but uh, otherwise we will see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been not in a huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think or hey. Maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.